The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast and the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Joined by your host, myself, Alex Fishbein. We got Mike Bash. Dennis, not with us this time. So this time we got Mike in the building. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Good to be back. I know, been a while since we've had you. We've we've talked about in the beginning of most episodes that you're dealing with tax season and everything. We know that's a stressful time for you, at least. <laughs> well, it's stressful. We got tax season, which had a deadline yesterday, and my Scarlet Knights play tonight, so uh, it's the double the stress right now. Big big time stress for you, especially March Madness time. Yep. Did I did I ever tell you? By the way, I used to be a Rutgers football fan when I was younger. You were. When I was in like middle school, high school, I was a Rutgers football fan. Why was that? It was only, I'm ashamed to say it now, but Ray it was, Rice. yeah, it was only because of Ray Rice. Oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're a Ravens fan. Well, no, but I was a fan of him before he even went to the Ravens. Got it. I'm, I'm a huge Ray Rice fan. Yeah. Even to this day, I've, I've always been a huge Ray Rice fan. That's actually the only official NFL jersey I have. I like that's five that's a non a non China jersey. Gotcha. <laughs> By the way, make sure you complete your bracket. You haven't put a bracket. You put it. You joined, but you didn't complete the bracket. Yeah, it locks tomorrow or Friday. Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Tournament starts tomorrow. True. Oh, the first game. I thought the first games were Friday. They're tomorrow. Well, no, tomorrow twelve o'clock, twelve fifteen. The first games. Oh damn. Okay. All right. Yep. I'll do that. Um. All right. So let's get into it. Of course, we have to talk about the game that went down last week. Our group chat was lighting up the whole time. <laughs> as I expected it to light up no matter what happened. Brooklyn and Philly, they played each other. They had a game. Well, Brooklyn had a game. The Sixers didn't really have a game. <laughs> and... I, I was holding out hope the whole time, the whole game. I was holding out hope that, you know, the Sixers' best quarter is their third quarter every single game. I was like, all right, they'll at least make it a game. I'm not even saying come back and take the lead. I'm saying they'll at least make it a game. But that never happened. It was a great game, if you ask me. I, but <laughs> can I, and I told you in the group chat, Joel Embiid has been exposed because he cannot beat Nick Claxton. All he knows how to do is get to the free throw line. It, Drummond got went down. Claxton came in, absolutely locked him up. The Sixers are not going to get to the free throw line 35 times a game in the playoffs. First round exit. Maybe they especially if they play Brooklyn as the eight seed. First round exit for sure. But I don't see the Sixer team getting past the second round. They can't do anything if they don't get foul calls. I mean, that that was always my worry because Embiid didn't usually get as many foul calls in the playoffs as it was. And now you enter Harden, which I will say, if everyone goes back to the very first episode that the trade happened, I've always had my worries about Harden because I've never been a huge Harden fan. But yeah, Harden was a complete shell of himself. Yep. Kyrie's on fire. 
KD's back. I think Ben Simmons will eventually get back. We're just cooking with some major gas right now. Tyler says the Sixers are letting me down, man, with a frowny face. I I hear they're, you. They're 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 brightening me up. They're not letting me down. <laughs> of course, they're brightening him up. I mean, I would be too if I were you. Um, it was it. Not only was it an embarrassing game, but it was embarrassing all around because all these Sixers fans were so hyped to heckle Ben. They were heckling him even when he came out of his hotel. They're heckling him at shoot around and stuff, which. By the way, I don't understand him going to shoot around when he didn't shoot. All he did was pass the ball to like Patty Mills. I, I don't understand the point of him even going to shoot arounds if he's a not playing and b not shooting. It's but, a it's a it's an Australian thing. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> it's a pass around, not a shoot around. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sixers fans were like taking so much pride, so much pride in having all these chants and things to say and insults and stuff and they said it for like one and a half quarters and then as kevin durant said he didn't hear many more chants past the first half so yeah they were they were were quiet when they when when all of a sudden they were getting smacked by like 30 i mean it wasn't even a game I know it, it like I it was embarrassing. I can't even argue against it. The only person that even somewhat sh- like showed up for the game was Embiid. Like, yes, he didn't shoot well. He got to the free throw line. He still put up a decent stat line, but literally nobody else showed up. Maxi didn't show up. Harden was god awful. The every other role player didn't show up. It was all around just completely terrible. And to go along with it, the games since then, none of them have been that fun to watch Sixers-wise. I mean, they lose to Denver in the very last quarter because Bones Highland goes off and makes like three or four threes in a row. And then... Shout out Mooch. Yes, shout out Mooch, the guy Bones. Busy Bones. Delaware legend. Um, But... Then they just barely beat Orlando, who the day before, Orlando was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. The first team in the entire league eliminated from the playoffs officially, and then the Sixers go to overtime with them and win by one point on a game-winning shot by Tobias Harris. That the whole thing was terrible meanwhile you have kd going for 50 you have kyrie going for 50 one time and 60 another time and i i tweeted this from our atlantic files twitter account before but i feel like this game between the nets and the sixers jump-started the nets and gave the nets like all the bulletin board material and all the fuel they needed to now just like go insane yep it's a, it was a changing of the guard in the Atlantic Conference, and if I could uh, if I could find it, there was actually a Woj bomb, a live. This is a first live Woj bomb on the Atlantic Files. Oh, reporting with a Ramona Shul- Shul- uh, Shelburne, Brooklyn Nets All Star Ben Simmons has Ben Simmons has remained sidelined with an irritation of the L four disc of the lower spine, and hopes. And hope remains he can return to for a couple of regular season games prior to the Eastern Conference playoffs. Story soon. 
Okay. Besides the fact that I can't read live, that, that, that's <laughs> my first issue. Um, he'll be back. I mean, it sounds like he will. There's, I feel like everyone's just speculating he will, he won't, blah, blah, blah. This is the first time they've actually said anything about like what exactly with his back is wrong. Everything they've just said before was just, oh, sore back. I'm looking at the injury report tonight, and it's kind of funny. You got all these guys on the nets, right? Mm-hmm. Seth Curry's ankle soreness, Ben Simmons return to comp- competition, reconditioning, back soreness, out. Cam Thomas, back contusion. Kyrie Irving, out. Doesn't say a reason. It says out. <laughs> Not vaccinated, out. <laughs> New York doesn't understand their rules. That All right. It still blows my mind. Dennis and I have talked about this a lot because, you know, Dennis loves talking about this. Um, that he was able to sit courtside at the Duke game and he sat courtside at the Nets game. No mask, nothing, perfectly fine, everything's good, no, Makes no rules sense. broken. The only time they broke a rule is by letting him into the locker room after the game. And they got fined like fifty thousand dollars. I mean, for the, the NBA, rules are just like stupid. Make change, no sense. But... He can sit on the bench. He can stand on the court during a timeout, but he can't play. Yeah. <laughs> what? In no world does that make sense. Come on, New York. Yeah, New York really needs to get their shit together. That's that's just terrible. Um, but speaking of Kyrie, so we'll, we'll, we'll go into this Brooklyn Nets versus Sixers thing a lot more when Dennis is here. Cause I know Dennis wanted to say a whole lot of shit. Um, so two of your boys, Jersey guys, Kyrie and Kat go for 60. It was back to back nights, right? Yeah. Yep. Both on my fantasy team. Both playing your brother. This is true. Playing against Speedy Claxton. <laughs> the infamous. So what I remember before the week started, you were projected somewhere like in the three hundred six six four thirty. No, I, once I updated my lineup, it was four thirty two. Oh, okay. So now you're projected like in the five hundreds, aren't you? Just give me a second. Oh god. Live projection five thirty three to three eighty six. <laughs> I wish we had a screenshot of what it was to start. Speedy Claxton is projected 386 points. I already have 332 and six players left to play. And of those six players, Fred Van Vliet, Cade Cunningham, Darius Garland, Andrew Wiggins, Karis LeVert, and the Time Lord. Good Lord. I'll have you know my projection is 288. <laughs> Oh God! Well, you're in the uh, you're in the consolation bracket. Yes, I got to buy in the consolation bracket. Good <laughs> times. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I mean, Cat tweeted it out. He said how big uh, Jersey's producing numbers. Him and Kyrie both go for sixty. Kyrie, the big thing to me too is Kyrie has been doing this the his 60 point game and his 50 point game uber efficiently like yeah, oh, it's been ridiculous i think i saw like the first one he had like a effective field goal percentage over 100 percent. yeah it was like 101.5 or something yeah and it's like 
I will say a lot of the knock against Kyrie, like back in his Cleveland days and even some in his Boston days, was that he was just kind of chucking shots and just had to take a whole bunch of shots to get anywhere with uh, his scoring. But, I mean, they literally said that that 50-point game was the most efficient 50-point game ever. And then the 60-point game, I think he was like, what, he only took 13 field goal attempts in the first half and had 41 points? Yeah, it was in, it's insane. It's been insane lately. I mean, like, I remember I was, I was at work and I just like checked my phone real quick and because I kept getting updates. It was like Kyrie Irving scored 10 points in the last two minutes. Kyrie Irving scored nine points in the last three minutes. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? So I check it and he's he had like 41 points on 14 of 18 from the field. I was like, that's insane. That, yeah. So naturally, just... I called Dennis. Oh, of course. What did Dennis say? Dennis is the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest Kyrie Irving fan in that moment. <laughs> he even responded to the tweet about Kyrie from our from our account. He was like, "That's my guy." I was like, "Oh yeah, you've always been the biggest Kyrie fan around." <laughs> I know we still have video proof of him saying that he wishes the Nets kept Spencer Dinwiddie instead of Kyrie Irving. So we can always bring that up to him. <laughs> but um then this is the ultimate get off my lawn kind of guy oh 1000 percent um so this brings up the question there's been a lot of talk a lot of people tweeting saying that Kyrie is the most skilled player ever do you agree or disagree the only thing he the only thing he can't do is get to the rim and yam on someone. True. But who you know, he's best handles, he could shoot, he could finish like insane at the rim. Like I've never seen someone make the layups that he makes. He can, you know, he's a playmaker. He's not an awful defender. Um, you know, he's quick, he's strong with the ball. I yeah, I, yeah, I mean I, I, it's hard to say who's the most skilled basketball player ever, mm-hmm. but he's he's definitely in that <clears throat> conversation. Oh, I agree. He's definitely at the very, very least, he's top five. Like I would easily put him in the top five. Um, I've seen some people say top two, him and Kobe. I think that's a little crazy that you don't even include Michael Jordan in there as as one of the top. Well, Jordan skills. wasn't as like a playmaker as much. I mean, he wasn't as much of a playmaker, but one of the probably the most prolific scorer to ever play the game. Like if if you gave Michael Jordan Kyrie's handles, he would probably be the most unstoppable player ever. Yeah. You can say about a lot of players. If you gave Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, you know, Miles Turner shooting ability, he'd be the most unstoppable player ever. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things you could combine with that, but just like I, just you know, it's it's like the same thing when Kobe said the league was lucky that Allen Iverson wasn't six foot four or six foot five. Like if Kyrie was the size of Kobe or Michael Jordan, that would be absolutely insane. I mean, he probably 
would again also be regarded as one of the best to ever play the game. Um, the and it's funny because the only reason everyone keeps saying he's the most skilled is because I think with his injury history, people know that they they can't say the best player ever. On top of the fact that his defense isn't isn't anywhere close to the level of somebody like. Michael Jordan or Kobe or whoever. No, he's not the best player ever, but he he definitely, from a pure skill standpoint, like he's in the same conversation as AI. Where oh, yeah. AI, you always looked at AI and we're like, he's AI is the best pound for pound basketball player. Mm-hmm. If Kyrie Irving was six six instead of six one, he'd be unstoppable. Yeah, and that I will. Although right now he's just, you know, you just contain him. Right. And I will, and I will just say I don't take that lightly either because I'm one of the biggest Allen Iverson fans ever. And I will say, like, yeah, he's definitely on that level and should be talked about in the same uh, atmosphere as Allen Iverson. Yeah. Um. So, with that being said, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to touch on here: a report came out saying that the New York Knicks are up to being the New York Knicks again. They're expected to keep Tibbs into next season, despite this god-awful year that's happening. I, The moment I read the report, or the tweets of the report, I was already scratching my head and honestly had no idea why they wanted to keep him. Um, I've never been a big Tibbs guy. I mean, he's good for the first couple of years and then everyone gets tired of him and then the team doesn't play as well and then he gets fired eventually. So it's kind of the same exact rotation that we're on right now. Um, I don't know. Do you think they should keep Tibbs? Do you think they should find somebody else? Who do you think they should get as a coach? Do you, what do you think? I think Tibbs is not the right guy for the um, direction of the team is going. You know, the team clearly needs to move on from Randall. They need to build throughout the draft, build with young talent, you know, see what they got with guys like Reddish and, and Barrett and Toppin. And we all know that's not Tibbs' MO. No, no, not at all. You know, he, he He's not a guy who plays the young guys. He's not a guy who, you know, he, he wants his veterans and he wants his veterans, the guys he trusts. And at this point, like, the, the, the Knicks aren't winning games right now. They need to – see what they got with their young talent. And I, I just don't think his his style aligns with the, um, you know, with the direction of the team. Right. I mean, any team that wants to play young guys and get young guys experience is not a team you should have Tibbs coach. I mean, I feel like that's just flat out the case. The only reason it worked in Chicago when Derrick Rose was young was because Derrick Rose was that good. He was so undeniably good that he had to play Derrick Rose. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but if you look outside of Derrick Rose, there was like, you know, guys like Dang and and uh, Noah and players like that who were still the veteran types that he was going back to all the time. Taj Gibson again. <laughs> so yet I don't think he's the right coach for the team. And I think that. As far as like a coach they should look at, I really think they should go the direction of looking for like the next, you know, the next coach 
to get a big shot, like one that hasn't really had their head coach um, chances just yet, because I think that would be the best way to really restore some excitement and restore some um, kind of like trust around like the younger core of the team because you're gonna have a guy come in and also help you know prove themselves along with those guys i think the the best way that the knicks like the when the knicks looked the best was when they were out hungry waiting to prove themselves as a team that could actually compete they like it's almost as if now they're like all right we proved we can compete but now we just don't really care and Randall would definitely be better on a team that's ready to compete for a championship or ready to actually go farther in the playoffs. And I don't think Randall has the patience to really sit there for a younger team and try and wait until they're good again. Yeah, you're exactly right. There, it's just a it's a team in transition, and Fibs is not a rebuild type. He's not. That's not his mo, and that's not. The direction he wants to be going in, and that's it's just—it's not the right match. It's not to say Bibbs isn't a good coach. Clearly, he coached him well last year, but the team needs to kind of shift what they're doing, and and I think that makes the most sense, you know, to look for a guy, you know, look for a different coach at this time. Right. Um. So, right before we're gonna get into some March Madness. Th- stuff because i know you weren't really want to talk about it too with rutgers playing tonight um i just wanted to touch on one thing real quick it went back to the sixers yeah there you go i like that shirt i, I really like that shirt um it goes back to the sixers because i forgot to brought it, bring it up earlier um harden and the sixers honeymoon phase a lot of people talked about how great they were in the first five to six games they the only game they lost in that first five to six games was the one that Harden wasn't playing at the time. So, you know, obviously Sixer fans super happy. Ben Simmons wasn't even playing in the first place, so they actually got a guy to replace him and actually play. And they looked good. The ball was moving, everyone was making shots, everyone was, you know, having a great time. Then the Nets game happened. Terrible game. Get blown out. Then um I think they had a win in there after that game. Then the Nuggets game happens. Harden also, I mean, decent game, but just the team didn't really play up to the snuff. Orlando game happens. Barely eke out a win with that one. So the honeymoon phase to me is officially over. Sixers fans are coming way crashing down from their high when they first, when the trade first happened. And now to me, the glaring weakness is both the bench and coaching decisions. Do you think Doc Rivers needs to go? Or do you think he could he could coach this team to a championship if they got a better bench? Well, you're not getting rid of the coach now. Well, not not no. this season. No. Probably in the offseason. You got you got you're not you're no. You're not getting rid of Doc Rivers at this point and you're not getting rid of him next year. After Harden's gone or after Harden's contract's over, then you can want to revisit it. But as long as, you know, for the next year and a half or a year and a quarter of a year, whatever it is left, mm-hmm. you're not replacing Rivers. Rivers is going to coach out at least the next season, and at least to the end of next season in my eyes. Okay. I mean, do you think that – so without Seth and Drummond, obviously, two players that had pretty big roles for the Sixers – um. 
do you think there's even players available that could make this bench even useful? Or do they have to make I heard the report that Bradley Beal, um, you know, Bradley Beal going to the Sixers. I don't know what, I mean, at that point, they'd have to give up Maxi, right? Either Maxi, Thibault, probably, and more picks than they've already given up. But that's my worry. So we, Dennis and I talked about that a little bit last week, too. And if you start trading for someone like Bradley Beal, you take away even more depth than you already don't have. DeAndre Jordan, I mean, is terrible. Yeah. Uh, Paul Millsap's been terrible. Furkan Korkmaz was... He played his role very well last season, but this season has just completely disappeared. Isaiah Joe seems to be in Doc Rivers' doghouse and never gets the chance to even prove himself. Danny Green looks like he's a hobbling old man that just had, like, hip surgery. And then the only role players that I think are even contributing much on offense on a consistent basis is, like, George Niang. And then Matisse, I mean, is still waiting to see if he ever develops a better shot. But his defense is obviously big time for the Sixers because their defense has got awful now, too. So there's a lot of things that need to happen. And they have young guys that just haven't really got a chance. Jaden Springer was their first round pick who hasn't gotten any burn at all. Uh, B-Ball Paul hasn't done much either. They haven't really given him a true shot other than a few games here and there. Charles Bassey, another center that could play back up and bang for some boards and stuff like that. But it's like, if you trade for Bradley Beal, you're trading more of your valuable role players, more picks, and I doubt you're going to replace them with people in the free, in free agency. Yeah, and I agree I, with Tyler, by the way. Well, I I picked up B-Ball Paul, but I had to drop him because he's stuck in, uh, what is it, Delaware? Yep. So Stuck in Delaware with uh, Bassey and Springer. I wrote a, I wrote a write-up about, um, for Bassey on Basketball Society, but I can't find it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you ever find it, let me know because I want to see how, how accurate my uh, evaluation of him really was. Okay. I mean, I really liked what I saw from Bassey back when, like, when the whole team had COVID. Bassey played well when he was in there for, like, 15, 20 minutes for the for the game. He actually played very well at a pretty good low post game, and his rebounding was good. Defense wasn't too bad. I mean, I just don't understand, especially at this point. Like, you know you're making the playoffs. If someone's getting rest like say Harden or Embiid is getting rest why not play the young guys and see what you got because anybody's better than DeAndre Jordan anybody's better than Paul Reed I mean not Paul Reed up Paul Millsat so you don't really have much to lose if you ask me I agree with you hey it's at the point you know it's one. It, it's probably there's probably other reasons other than just pure get the best players on the court right now that some of these guys are not playing and some of these guys are playing. You know, guys like Millsap have been there before. Mm-hmm. Guys like Reed, Bassey, Isaiah, Joe haven't really had those experiences. So, you know, some coaches are probably thinking, "Hey, if we can get Millsap just to get us seventy percent of what he used to be. That's going to help us a lot more than taking a chance on one of these young guys." 
Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I see that thought process. I just want Doc to try something else because it seems Aren't you guys tries... in first place? No, I second. think we're second or third. Oh, you're falling. Uh oh. Yeah, because Miami, I think, is back in the first seed, I think. And then. Who else? Somebody else. Chicago was up there too at one point. I don't yeah. know what they're like now. But yeah. Um, so let's get into it. You got the Rutgers shirt on. March Madness right around the corner. Rutgers plays tonight for the like quote unquote play in game. Um real all the real first round games, the round of sixty four starts tomorrow. Other than Rutgers, who you got? Well, I don't want to. You haven't filled out a bracket yet, so I don't know if I want to give away my whole bracket. I mean, I can bring up my bracket from my other, my other pool. I will say that I do not have Duke ending Mike Shashevsky's career with a championship. Okay, neither do I. Uh, my biggest upsets. Uh, I got South Dakota State taking over, taking uh, beating Princeton. I'm sorry, Providence in the first round. I got Iowa State take, uh, beating LSU. LSU is without their coach. I saw that. Um, I, I did not trust LSU once I saw they got rid of their coach. And uh, I got, you know, do we have one last run for Sister Jean and Loyola, just as Tyler Greco says Villanova winning it all? I don't know. I think I have the Ramblers taking over. Uh, why do I keep saying taking over? Uh, <laughs> the Ramblers... Giving us one last run. I feel like you got to put some trust in Sister Jean. Uh, you know what? We're taking Sister Jean to the Sweet 16. <laughs> Save it and lock it in there. But at the end of the day, my Final Four is Gonzaga, Purdue, uh, Auburn, and Arizona. And then I have Gonzaga over Arizona in the championship game. Okay. So... Our final four isn't that much different. Um, I'll share it here to show all of you people. So my final four here, I have Gonzaga, UCLA, Villanova, Auburn. And I have Gonzaga versus Auburn and Gonzaga winning it all. Gotcha. Um, so I, I had a couple upsets a, in there, but not too many. There's a, chan- there's a slim chance that this happens, but... If Rutgers can get past Notre Dame tonight, they play Alabama. A lot of people think that Rutgers can beat Alabama. Then they play I... Texas Tech. Texas mm-hmm. Tech, I do not think we would beat. But just in case we beat Texas Tech, we'd run into Duke. And there's nothing more I would love than to end coaches, Coach K's career. <laughs> and I love what I see out of your bracket. That's I. I picked it assuming Rutgers would beat Notre Dame. If Notre Dame wins, I don't have the same faith at all. You know what? I'm changing my bracket. <laughs> I I had that too. I didn't have that. Now I do. I got Notre. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> Rutgers playing Gonzaga for a chance to go to the Final Four would be a dream come true. 
I don't my know who bo- Exiled Snipe is, but that's my guy Warren. He says go Zags. He's from Idaho, so he's he's so repping he's a the area. Guy? Uh, actually, he's a Boise State guy. Oh duh. Why didn't I think of Boise State as the first school to come to mind? <laughs> Why did I pick Idaho? I mean, I mean, he does. He will cheer for Idaho too if they're not playing each other. But yeah. Oh, um, but you know, it's, I'm nervous. My heart's pumping. This group: Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr., Caleb McConnell. They're all in their way. You know, I assume Geo can't come back. Ron and Caleb oh. could come back. I don't expect Ron to come back. I expect him to go to the G League, go to sign a two-way deal, maybe get drafted at the end of the second round. Who knows? Uh, Caleb was Defensive Player of the Year. I think he could come back one more year. If he repeats as Defensive Player of the Year next year or, you know, is in the running and develops, just gets his scoring to, like, 10 a game. Mm-hmm. He's 6'7". There's a spot for him in the NBA. No, I don't know. If you put a gun to my head and says Caleb McConnell, Defensive Player, uh, an NBA player, no, he's not. But there's 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 play. You look at Herb Jones. You look at these guys who win Defensive Player of the Year in these major conferences. They find a way to get onto a roster. True, <clears throat> true. What was that? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you the first. Time. <laughs> <laughs> My allergies killing me, man. The, the The weather's warm, but <laughs> the allergies are crazy. Um, no, but I could I could definitely see Ron actually. You know. Uh, I could see him making a little bit of noise in the NBA. I could see it. We hope. His I don't think it's too actually far is a, uh, Shout out Dylan Harper. His brother is actually a uh, is actually like a top fifty recruit. Oh really? I didn't Richard Naso. I you know you know I take a Rockers championship over anything. I would give Kevin Durant to the New York Knicks to see <laughs> Rutgers win the national championship. Oh I man! I would give Aaron Judge to the New York Mets. To see Rutgers on a national championship. What about the Doesn't Red matter Sox? if it's in football or basketball. I prefer basketball as a season ticket holder. But, you know. What about, what about giving Aaron Judge to the Red Sox? <laughs> I, you know, there's lengths. I would, I would allow one of my buddy Richie here is a Nets, I'm sorry, is a Mets, Jets, Rangers, Knicks fan. He has not seen oh, a championship God. in his lifetime. The, the Rangers won. When he was one years old, so it doesn't really count. I would let him get off that 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 you know pr- get the monkey off his back and get a championship out of one of those teams for one of my teams for Rutgers to win the national championship. We made that deal. I, I think I, I think I'd make that deal with Richie. But you get the monkey off your back, and I get a Rutgers championship. I mean, he says done deal. So well, he said done deal before I started. <laughs> well, <playing>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he would take that too. But I. That's how I feel about the Sixers. So I get it. I get it. Nobody cares about the Sixers. Screw the Sixers. <laughs> More people care you about the Sixers than they care about Rutgers. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? <laughs> this is after oh, he hit the God. game winner against uh, Indiana. Oh, yeah, he did the big balls dance, right? Yeah. The Sam Cassell. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. What What do you What would you say his like prototype is? Like an like an NBA comparison. Because uh, for some like, reason Jalen Brunson comes to my mind, but I don't. Ron Harper? Yeah, just in terms of like, in terms of like size and frame. Because you know you're not thinking of Ron Harper Jr. Ron Harper Jr. six six two forty five. All right, maybe I'm thinking of a different Vill- Villanova guard then. Um, 
he all right so if you go to nba draft room mm-hmm. they 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 have projected as a second round pick in the nba draft <laughs> their comparison for him is a thicker gary trent jr <laughs> <laughs> a thicker gary trent jr oh god yeah that's uh. that's actually hilarious uh, they, they, I don't even know where they have him getting drafted. They probably have him in the, I think they had him in the eighties, so he's not even getting drafted, but, uh, where is it? Uh, I'm trying to remember a big body guard with playmaking high, bo- yeah, he's a, he's six, six, two forty five. In in college, he's a four, but in the NBA, he's going to play the two or the, or the three. He's, right. I don't even know who I would compare him to. He's a big, like, if he's going to play guard. He's going to be a huge guard. He's you. gonna have to slim down now to probably two twenty five. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say like a bigger Bruce Brown, I guess a thicker Gary, but he's a he's a, he could shoot though, he could shoot. So I'd say I guess a thicker a thicker Gary Trent Jr. is a fair comparison. Okay, okay. I mean, I was trying to think of like Gary Trent Jr. is is six five. Uh on he's listed as six five two ten yeah so he's 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 bigger he's, he's gotta be a little bigger okay i was like i was trying to think of like other guards that were like him and i just don't because like i know he's big enough to be like a four in college but he doesn't really play for much right in college, he plays the four, but like he doesn't play like a true power forward, is what I'm saying. He's like a small, he's a small ball four. Yeah, I got you. So like, um, I'm trying to look in the, I'm looking through the NBA rosters right now to find a guy who's like six six two forty. Grant Williams. Okay. That okay. would be that would be my probably my <clears throat> best comparison to him. And Grant Williams is playing a great role for the Celtics right now. I yeah. saw someone said he brings a lot of the same skills to the table as Desmond Bain. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking through. See if I can find another guy. I mean, I can't really talk about my... <coughs> excuse me, my alma mater, because uh, Pitt basketball has just been terrible ever since Jamie Dixon left. So, I mean, we have Justin Champagne that is now on the Raptors, but hasn't really gotten much playing time. Uh, so that's all I can really claim. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess Grant Williams is probably the, the the closest comparison from a body type. OG Ananobi, but I feel like OG Ananobi is a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, I say he's a little bit quicker too. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's a little taller though. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, if he gets on an NBA roster, I'll be happy. I'm, I'm not going to complain. True. And then uh, Tyler asked here. He wants to know our thoughts on Virginia Tech. What do you got? Hey, they're playing. They're playing well at the right time. I didn't think they were going to beat Notre Dame. I didn't think they were going to beat North Carolina, and I didn't think they were going to beat Duke. So. It's one of those teams that, yeah, they're playing well at the right time, but are they spent? You know, did they wait? Did they waste everything they had winning the ACC tournament? 
which obviously they had to do to get in. Uh, yeah. If I could find them, and they're they're playing Texas. Um, Texas doesn't doesn't impress me all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas is three and eight against the top twenty five. They, they they're not a necessarily great scoring team. They're a good defensive team. Uh, can they can they win it all? I mean, can they win this game? Yeah, if they keep shooting the way they're shooting. Um, Texas, under Chris Beard, first-year head coach, had a lot of success at Texas Tech. I actually think I have Virginia Tech. No, I have Texas Tech. But, um, I have Virginia Tech winning. If Virginia Tech plays the way they did in the ACC tournament, they're going to make a run here. I think that I don't think they could be Purdue because I don't think anyone on Texas or Virginia Tech can match up with the big men that Purdue have and then Jaden Ivey. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. It'll be yeah. interesting. Uh, I don't think Texas is a foregone conclusion to beat Virginia Tech, but it'll be a good game. I have the Tech upset, but then losing to Purdue. <laughs> so. I don't have them going that far. I mean, it, I think that was their first ACC championship ever, if I'm not mistaken. Von Miller to the Bills, another uh, Woj bomb. That's actually a Schefter bomb. I didn't see that coming. Six years. Six years? <coughs> Six years? What the hell? Isn't he like 33? I, I, 32? Thought, I thought he was pretty old. How did he get a six-year deal at 32? I didn't even know they were giving out six-year deals. <laughs> Good for the Bills, I guess. How about them uh, letting Mitchell Trubisky go to the Steelers to be a starting quarterback? Steelers actually got Miles Jack today, too. I don't know what's going on now. We, Giants got Tyrod Taylor. I really don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I mean, the Ravens have made some decent moves so far, so I'm not not complaining. Bless so, you. who's your ultimate other than Rutgers? You know, because we talked about Rutgers. Who's your um, who's your sleeper team in the tourney? Give it to me right now. Uh, sleeper team. I mean, I guess it would be Rutgers just because they're the like lowest seed I have going that far. I don't have anyone else lower than a five seed in the Sweet Sixteen. So you are very risk averse. You don't take any chances when you fill out a bracket. Oh wait, I lied. I have Richmond in the Sweet Sixteen, but then losing to Kansas. Mooch will not be like to hear that. <laughs> uh, I have Indiana in the Sweet Sixteen losing to Purdue. Um. Oh, and by the way, uh, Rich said Chris Bryant signed for like 180 mil. As well. We're not just a basketball show here. We break <laughs> all we break sports. baseball stories. <laughs> And the um, Phillies got Schwarber. That and happened the earlier, son Rizzo, <laughs> and uh, Luke Hughes is up for the Hobie Baker Award in uh, college hockey. Oh, geez. I don't know. I, I don't follow hockey. women's <laughs> That's where I stop. But I don't know anything about hockey. <laughs> um. So who's your who's your uh, sleeper teams? Uh. Uh, la, 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 la. Indiana and South Dakota State are my big, uh, you know, I don't know. South Dakota State, I watched them play the other day. They're not athletic enough. Isn't that so where Carson Wentz went? The, the problem is there's not a lot of trendy, like, 
Like, I, yeah, I can see Murray State beating Kentucky or something. There's not a lot of trendy double-digit seeds this year. That's true. Like, there's no, like, a 12 other than Rutgers, and I can't say them as a homer. Like, if Dayton got in as a 12 seed and didn't face up against Iowa, yeah, I would have liked that. But, like, there's not a lot. There's just not a lot of – it's a lot of chalk this year. Yeah. No, I feel that because it wasn't – with their all-white starting lineup. (laughs) <laughs> and half their lineup is is uh, foreign, but and Hung Jung Lee. But, I know. could I I for some reason it took me a while to pick Gonzaga versus Memphis. No, Gonzaga's unreal. They're gonna. I know they're crazy. Like they're they're by far the number one team, but. Just for some reason, I look at Memphis and I'm like, there's a lot of potential there that just hasn't been reached. Yeah. Well, Imani Bates is like 17 years old still, so. Yeah. And Jalen Duran is a beast. Shout out, Philly. I mean, the man's literally been the same size since like freshman year of high school because that's when I used to record games and. take pictures at some of the Philly Catholic League games. Duran was at Roman Catholic, and he was just ginormous. Played yeah. with Justice Williams, too, who's on LSU. <laughs> Played with Lynn Greer the third. That team was stacked. Um, But, yeah. yeah I mean, Duran just, he's awesome. Um, And rich-ass Chet Holmgren comp. He's a t- he's a unicorn. I would say we got y'all. You got a little Christoph Porzingis in him. Um, I'd say you also he's a little, he's a bit of a white uh, Kevin Durant. Okay. I mean, in terms of being skinny, he's Kevin Durant, right? Um, but I also think Jabari Smith's like a better comp as Kevin Durant. Um, I would say who else can I say is probably. Um, Back on NBA draft room, his comparisons yeah, say poor going. man's Dirk and no, Marcus Camby on defense. Why can't I, I? I can't find them at mock draft. Right, here we go. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I don't like that comp at all. Um, I would say yeah, he's got. He's like a. He's like a white boy, Kevin Durant. Okay. I mean, I remember watching him against LS, against UCLA. He that kid got the ball, went the full length of the court, spun, dunked. Like I mean, defensively, yeah, he, he's a def- totally he's a he's gonna be a monster as a secondary defender defensively. If you get because and and this is the perfect age for a guy like him to come in as a center. You don't mm-hmm. have Shaq, you don't have Olajuwon, you don't have Duncan in the league. You're just gonna abuse him. Yeah, you have a couple like yeah. If he gets a matchup against Giannis, Giannis is gonna destroy him. Right. But a lot of these guys want to shoot the three. Good luck shooting over this kid who has like a seven four wingspan. Yeah. Seven six wingspan, which is like, straight up insane. You know, he, he he he's he he's a rich man's bowl bowl. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> this guy said better similarities are Nick's Porzingis with better handling. Uh, American Porzingis, that's what he is. <laughs> Porzingis um, without his brother. Bowl bowl with playing time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's pretty unique. Is he that good? Blah, blah, blah. A lot of people still say KD, but just like not as good of handling as KD. I like, I really like Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, oh uh, my god. He's he's Katie he's Katie Light. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's the best comparison, really. This guy's really Tom like Gugliotti. I, I really like. A while. I really like having seen the three Big Ten guys up close. Mm-hmm. I really like Keegan Murray's game. Um, Johnny Davis too. I, uh, Ivy is so quick. Ivy to me could be John Morant. Okay. But Ivy to me could also be insert like insanely athletic guy that never develops a jump shot. I see. Okay. Like he could be Derrick Rose without the playmaking and like healthier knees and 80% of Derrick Rose. This guy, Shaden Sharp, I have never seen him play in college. Obviously, he never played, so I have no idea. Um, I don't like the Duke guys ever. And then we got the fake Nikola Jokic and Nikola Jovic. Um, <laughs> so you don't like Banchero at all? He's okay. Uh, okay. The guy that really interests me, and it has well, they have the Nets taking Bryce McGowan's. Wow. That would be. There's going to be some guys there for the Nets to take. Bryce was on Pitt for his first two years, I think. No. Am I thinking of his brother? I'm thinking of Trey, aren't I? Uh, Trey yeah, McGowan. Probably. Yeah, I'm thinking know. of Trey McGowan. There's some interesting picks in here, though. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm getting close to the time where I'm starting to get nervous about Rutgers basketball. I need a full two and a half <laughs> hours to decompress before the game. Understandable, understandable. So it looks like that's it for us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for all the questions. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Warren, for commenting and everything. For all of you, we are everywhere you get podcasts. It usually comes out a little bit after we stream, usually like a day after. So we are everywhere you get your podcast, The Atlantic Files. Please rate and review. That helps us out greatly. Also, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook right now, because we stream to both, make sure you guys subscribe. Hit the bell to let you know when we're going live. And on Facebook, just share it with a friend. That's all we ask. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We will catch you guys next week, hopefully with the whole crew, Mike, myself, and Dennis. Again, we are the Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.